Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-host, Tom. How you doing, everybody? And William. Hello, everybody. Glad to be back. And today we're going to be discussing some of the Star Wars news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con, including the Rebels premiere. So, Tom, why don't you get us started with some comics announcements? Yeah, the first thing we're going to be discussing is Marvel Comics. Everybody figured this was going to be happening because Marvel is a very big presence at Comic-Con. They announced three new Star Wars comics that are going to be coming right after the first of the year. The first of the comics is going to be by Jason Aaron with John Cassidy called Star Wars coming July. I'm sorry, January 2015. Uh, It's going to be set immediately following the events of A New Hope. And the series will follow Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, R2-D2, C-3PO as they try to press their advantage following the destruction of the Death Star. This appears to be an ongoing series with the first issue to be released, like I said, in January. So, gentlemen, with the first comic, what do you guys think of this one? Well, for starters, it's uh, creatively named, kind of. <laughs> it's the third <laughs> kind of. series we've had that's named Star Wars in the original Star Wars comic. We had the original Star Wars comic, um, the new the uh, the new Star Wars comic that was recently restarted, um, following mm-hmm. the, the Rebels, um, and then uh, now yeah. this one. This is the first one under Marvel. Yeah, it's going to be Marvel. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got potential. I mean, you've got the big three, all the important characters. Uh, no mention of Chewbacca, I guess, in the announcement, but I'm assuming he's there as well. He has uh, to be. Yeah, it's sure the possible. We'll be there just have too. to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, the second comic we got coming up is going to be, and if I butcher this name, I completely apologize. It's Kirion Gillian and Salvador Lacoria. This is going to be Star Wars Darth Vader. This one is going to be released February 2015, and it's going to be focusing on the Sith Lord and the Empire at large dealing with a ramification of a huge defeat. Hmm. I wonder what that huge defeat is going to be. <laughs> From what I understand, this is actually a... Um kind of follows a similar storyline to star wars but from the other but from the empire's perspective i could be wrong on that but that's what i seem to remember hearing that would yeah. be interesting from that take uh my understanding was we're going to see a lot of kind of darth vader and palpatine at odds uh which would definitely fit after you know darth vader just blew up palpatine's big expensive death star <laughs> uh, probably i'm just gonna you know go out and assume that it's gonna be basically like the robot chicken sketch with darth he's vader. never heard of the aluminum falcon yeah exactly just oh, lots God, of that, that would be hilarious that would be very funny if they have the comedic take on that. And, and this one, I think a lot of people are looking forward to just because it's Mark Wade and Terry Dodson. This is called Star Wars Princess Leia. This is going to be released March of 2015. The series will follow Princess Leia as she comes to terms with the destruction of her homeworld, Alderaan. But the thing that's interesting about this, this is only going to be a limited issue series, whereas the other two are ongoing. This is fascinating, especially with Mark Wade attached to it, that it's only going to be a five issue series. Yeah, I find it a little odd because of the three, it's actually the one I'm most excited for. Uh, You know, we've seen the cast of Star Wars go out and do their thing, you know, the big three. Uh, We've gotten some Darth Vader perspective uh, comics and things like that before, and they're always interesting, Mm -hmm. but we've seen it. But we don't have a whole lot that's solely from Princess Leia's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think I've seen or read a lot that takes place right after episode four. 
So I think it's got the most potential, and I find it curious it's only the five. Though maybe they're going to kind of test the waters, see how it sells, and then go from there. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a very interesting series. Um, I know they had tried to have a, a, a larger Leia focus in the in the recent Star Wars comic series by Dark Horse, mm-hmm. um, but I know not everybody was happy with it. Um, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely interesting to see what Mark Wade and Terry Dodson do with this series. I'm looking forward to all three of them. I'm wondering if when it comes to this series, I think a lot of comics nowadays are only doing like maybe like a five episode arc and then starting it, not so much starting it over again, but starting with like a new five episode arc. So maybe that's why this is a limited series. It may just do five and then they probably have like a couple months later, they could come up with another five with the second part of the story that I would think could be a good possibility with this one. Yeah, it could also be that they want to like rotate different uh artists and creative teams route as well and so they give you know mark wade and terry dodson the first five and maybe they renew them for another five maybe we bring in someone mm-hmm. else you know just depending on how things go but i i'm yeah, not surprised by that i think it's it's not that they don't think princess leo will do well it's more that they want to have options and be able to shift things around and uh ad- what's the word correct it not, not quite right. adapt it to what <laughs> people are saying right there's also, uh, other Comic-Con news, a new Star Wars novel coming. In addition to the four that have been previously announced, um, we're also going to be getting a, uh, a new novel from Christy Golden, actually. Uh, it, it's going to be focused on Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss, and will be coming in the summer of 2015. Um, and this is actually based on the unaired episodes of The Clone Wars. So Dave Filoni, of course, and the rest of the crew had direct input on it. And um, it, I think this is going to be really cool. It's supposed to be a little bit of a darker novel, uh, more adult themes, um, just more darker, I think, to try to deal with how, uh, how evil uh, Asajj Ventress is. And just Quinlan Voss is a pretty dark character in general. Well, I, taking a look at the cover they've released of this, they've even got a new design for Asajj. I'm actually, look, out of all these announcements, I am looking forward to that one because I've liked Quinlan Voss. I think he was probably a very underused character. He might have got a little bit more mileage out of him if they used him better. But I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they take this Asajj Ventress compared to what she has been used in the past. This is out of all four of the announcements I'm looking forward to. Princess Leia would be number two. The other ones, uh, yeah, I kind of agree. It, it's kind of been done before. Unless, of course, they do the robot chicken take with the Star Wars Darth Vader one. That... I'm there, people. Yeah, no, I, I actually have to agree. Uh, this one was by far my favorite announcement, Princess Leia, followed by that, uh, excluding Rebels, of course. Uh, but I, I think this is Absolutely. exactly what we kind of hoped when the Clone Wars got canceled. You know, we knew they were well into season six and seven, that they had all a lot of ideas down. And we at the time, we thought we weren't really going to see any of these, except maybe one or two in comic form. And I'm really glad they're willing to kind of raid the, the ideas and bring those ideas into novel form or comic book form or whatever fits the fact that they're just willing to do that it, it does goes a lot towards easing the blow that was the show cancellation right and and, and you have to remember that you know now all of these are 100 percent canon they've been overseen by the lucasfilm story group and so you know they will have impacts they will have ramifications on the films and you know the tv series and the, the books and the comics they all relate and they have equal weight now in the star wars universe it's not oh this is television canon this is movie canon this is you know book and comic canon this is you know now going forward all 100 percent canon same level um and so like i'm really interesting interested to see how um the the first novel a new dawn 
you know, connects with the TV series because it, it introduces a lot of the characters that you see. Um, so, yeah, and I also wanted to add, I I also really like that, you know, these they're being these books are being informed by the EU in some respects. Are now the Legends label. Uh, Quinlan Voss, obviously a very classic uh, EU comics character from the Republic comics, I believe, is where he was introduced. Maybe even a little bit before that. Um, and the like the fact so we've Clone Wars made him official in the new canon with the the one episode I believe he was in. But having a big book like this brings him even further. And you know that when Christy Golden's writing, she's looking at things that have happened in the previous comics, potentially bringing some of them in that we know we may not get the Quinlan Voss that is the traditional EU character, but I, I have to imagine that he's being informed by the Legends character. And I'd love to see that happen to more characters. Now, Stephen, are you talking about Quinlan Voss being part of the Clone Wars or was the Clone Wars cartoon series or when he was actually mentioned in the actual movie? Because he was mentioned by Obi-Wan saying Master Voss did move troops or was part of some kind of troop movement. Right. I was thinking of his Clone Wars appearance, actually. Okay. I believe he was in one episode, at least. I don't remember which off the top of my head. Yeah. But, well, uh, he was, you know, we got him a little bit, but not a lot. But you're and, right. And this lets us bring him in, him in right. to fold even farther. Okay. Okay. And and on that topic, because we were talking about um, probably Star Wars Rebels, or heading that way, this is a very bad transition, but I'm going to do it anyway. We just so happen to have somebody on this podcast who happened to have been down in San Diego for a little bit of a rebel screening. Uh, William, would you like to talk about that? I would, yes. Uh, so Lucas was kind enough to invite us to uh, go see the premiere of Star Wars Rebels, uh, the world premiere and. Boy, was this a, a special, special trip. I, I wasn't actually planning on going to Comic-Con at all uh, due to work and other things. But uh, when I got the the invite from, from Lucasfilm, I, I, I couldn't pass it up. So I, a week to go before Comic-Con, I, I booked a flight down there and back. Uh, I, I decided to be crazy and fly down at like, you know, I think I landed in San Diego. At, I flew down from Seattle. So I landed in San Diego on the other side of the country at, at 5 p.m., um, basically went straight to the Rebel screening and then left at 7 a.m. the next morning to fly back home and and, uh, and head back to work. But it was... You... Yeah? Go ahead. I'll finish. I was, I was going to say, say you're, you're, you're a brave man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, this is the key here. It's not that he flew down in one day. It's that he went to work, left at like, lunchtime, a little before, yeah. to fly down to San Diego, went to the uh. screening, briefly went to uh, the actual Comic-Con floor to look around, talk to some Star Wars people, then flew back the next morning at 7 a.m. and then went back to work. Yes. Okay. This is the and, key here. <laughs> okay. And, and and just to let people know, he is actually, he and Steven are out of California. I'm actually the one that's still in California, who is a couple hour drive from San Diego. <laughs> I am the guy who didn't go to the screening because I thought that would be crazy for me to take the drive after work all the way down there and you know people if you're not in california during comic con and don't understand traffic from los angeles down to san diego um you'll never make it especially on a saturday it is red line literally from let's say legoland california all the way down to san diego there was no way even on a friday night i was gonna do it this guy came from came from seattle down dedication here people for our podcast thank you william for doing that oh i'm happy to do it it was a lot of fun i'm just gonna add as far as the park or the uh the commute goes for you tom i mean for all of our listeners who are not in california I've, you know i've been there and driven through some of that traffic um imagine that you're going to the mall and then you get there and you park in the garage and then you sit there for two hours trying to move that's yes. more or less what the commute down there is like you know what i i absolutely steven has it perfectly nailed 
that is basically an LA commute from where I live down to San Diego. Yeah. If it is, especially during Comic Con, and you would, it, it's not two hours, Stephen, for a Comic Con Sunday, <laughs> it would be three hours. If you're oh, no. lucky, yeah, it's no big deal. If you're lucky, you can take the train down there. But that's if you can get a ticket, and then you got to put up with people on the train and those same people coming back. So it's a catch twenty two in my. It, but hey, I got to give you props there, William. Congratulations Thanks. on doing that. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, I, I was told I was a little crazy for returning on a Friday to go back to work. But you know, I'm like you should stay down there for the weekend. But I, I had I had stuff to do. But anyway, um, and I did also didn't have a Comic Con pass uh, badge. But um, I was actually able to um, to 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 get inside uh, the convention center for about thirty minutes right before the show show closed. Um, uh, my friend was kind enough to to help me get in, and um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. My first time at Comic Con, I'd never been. Uh, I you know went straight to the the Star Wars Lucasfilm Pavilion and uh, saw the the Del Rey booth um, uh, there, and I guess uh, I was excited to to learn that my review of Kenobi is quoted on the back of the paperback, and um, so I, of course I picked that up and said hi to Shelley Shapiro and uh, all of our friends there, and then. Just turned around and went straight to the Star Wars screening. We got there about, I want to say, 45 minutes early, uh, my friend uh, Rick and I. Um, sorry, it looks like Stephen wants to interject. I just, I just wanted to throw in, we've got the question all of our minds, at least for the moment. Like, great that you were got to see everything, but you saw the Rebels premiere. Was it good? <laughs> Yeah, there you well, go. I'm getting to that, but yes. Yeah, oh my okay. gosh, it was fantastic. <laughs> okay, there we go. I feel much better okay. now. All right, you, go. you finally got there. I was, I was leaving you guys all in suspense there. <laughs> no, um, so we got there extra early, and you know, uh, it was great to see everybody there. It was a little bit different premiere than the ones in uh, in San Francisco, um, because everyone was busy with the convention. Obviously, um, the 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 Star Wars Rebels panel was right before the screening, and unfortunately, I didn't get to make it. To that, um, I arrived like halfway through that, um, and that's when I was walking around the show floor. But uh, so yeah, we we got to the screening, and I got to say say hi to our good friend uh, Peter Morrison from uh, Rebels Report. We've had him on the show many times. It's great to finally meet him in person, and we hung out. Uh, we hung out there. It was the We Talk Clones. Probably for five minutes. <laughs> hey, no, no, we sat together for the whole the whole episode. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, uh, it was it was great to have. Uh, I guess not. We took clones now. Ion yeah, Cannon. Ion Cannon. Ion Cannon and Cannon. Rebels Report. Yeah. Uh, they're live um, from the theater. They gave everybody uh, free popcorn and soda as we walked in. It was at a relatively small theater. There's a there's a picture of of the audience online. Uh, and I was trying to find you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm in the middle, uh, near the back. Uh, they had a lot of the area roped off for press, mm. uh, and and the cast and crew, um, like uh, you know, Pablo Hidalgo was there. Obviously, Dave Filoni, Seth Green, David Collins. He sat right in front of me. Um, a lot of a lot of people were there, so that was that was great to see everyone and all the other the fan clubs as well. Um, had a great talk, time talking to a guy from the Mandalorian Mercs. Uh, he heads mm. the, the Mandalorian Mercs down in southern in the San Diego area. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, even before the screening got started, and the actual screening itself was even better. Oh, so I was going to ask: Was could anyone have walked in and seen this, or did you have to have a ticket, or what was the actual process like? So it was it was invite only, but at the last minute, um, Tracy Canobio. Uh, tweeted that um, anybody in the area could line up. I think she said this about a day or before, maybe, okay. uh, could line up 
and, and get in. So at the right before the screening started, they, they tried to let in as many people as possible uh, who were lined up outside. Um, and they were just trying to pack them into all the extra seats in the room um, so that everybody could try to uh, experience the Rebels premiere. And, and in other words, it's called Welcome to Comic-Con, people, because <laughs> exactly. that's what happens. Exactly. So uh, let's see. Uh, right before the, the screening started, um, you know, they came out and they said uh, the, the whole casting, the whole, the whole, most of the cast was there. Uh, Dave Filoni was there. Um, uh, Greg, I believe Greg, Greg Weissman was not there. Simon Kinberg was there, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, the main cast. And they introduced it and kind of gave their brief thoughts on, on the episode uh, and the series. They were you know, talking about how excited they are to finally re- reveal this after like a year of work, etc. Um, and then it started. And when I say it started, I mean it, it really did start just right away um the the episode is is still pretty rough because it's not quite finished mm. uh and i don't want to spoil anything for you guys um because i'm sure you'll enjoy it uh they're, they're, we're free to talk about spoilers if we want but I, i'd hate to ruin things for you yeah i'm kind of torn part of me wants you to like paint me the entire episode in your words and part of me is like no must not know anything must wait <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you kind of a high level overview without any spoilers okay I, I yeah take. no spoilers please um, i, I want to watch this but so the since the the one we saw was not final, uh, Lucasfilm said there might be some rough spots. Um, we probably wouldn't notice it, and for the most part, I didn't notice any any rough spots. Uh, but obviously, when you're when you're you know working on something uh, for mm-hmm. for so many years, you know where all the rough things are and incomplete things. And right now, you know we're just overwhelmed with how awesome new Star Wars is. Did they mean like animation rough spots or like story rough spots? Just, just uh, I think mostly general? animation because okay. the the story is uh, locked down. It might be some maybe some editing a little yeah. bit okay. and uh, maybe well, improving. So, the... so you didn't you didn't see any kind of like storyboard panels? No, or, like, not at characters. all. Not okay, at so all. it was it was almost like fluid animation for the characters. Oh, it looked, like everything that. looked beautiful. I, I didn't okay. notice any any rough spots. Um, the the only the only noticeable thing, uh, and this is what I was starting to get to just a second ago, um, was that when the episode started. It went right into the show. Uh, no credits, no theme. Uh, no opening title. No opening title at all. Wow. Uh, well, that's actually not quite true. They did have an opening title, but I suspect it's not the final opening title because they just had a shot of, of, of Lothal and it just went, you know, Star Wars Rebels and the, the music kind of briefly swelled, but it's not like mm-hmm. the Rebels theme that they announced, um, you know, with Kevin Kiner uh, a few weeks, a few months ago. So... Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely not the the final opening titles and the credits too. Uh, when when the episode ended, it just ended. Went went to black, done. No music, no credits, nothing. Um, wow. So that that kind of stuff's all still a work in progress. We didn't actually get to see how the the series uh, opens and closes, and maybe that's also because it's the 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 premiere, basically the pilot. A lot of times, TV shows will have, you know, a, a very basic intro for the pilot and then the the official one for you know episode two and beyond. Right. And I know that the uh, Rebels episodes are supposed to be like 30 seconds shorter, I think I heard, than uh, Clone Wars episodes had been. So maybe they're intentionally going with like a shortened title so that they have more time for content or... Exactly. Yeah, that, that's the next yeah, level. Very yeah, possible. Yeah, because there wasn't like any sort of main theme. It was just like Star Wars Rebels over the over the scene that was already playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of like briefly swelled and then went away and you know, kind of faded out and went straight into the episode. Um, okay. So I got a question for the clips that made it online. Sure. How how many of the clips online did you actually see within that premiere? Only or the some extended of that trailer. Only the Only extended trailer. Everything else is 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 brand new uh, content from future episodes. 
Nice. Yeah, and they they showed off. Um, they had the the look ahead trailer. Right. Uh, they were released. Um, they showed. They had premiered it um, right before the the rebel screening at the at the, at the panel, um, mm-hmm. but they showed it again afterward as well. Um, and uh, and like you know when there's a scene where Luminara shows up and people cheered, and when R two D two and C three PO showed up, everybody cheered even louder. And so it was great to see the the trailer with everybody. But yeah, the episodes themselves, wow, the story is fantastic. It feels like Star Wars, and I was thinking this is the first time. We've seen a television show or um, a movie. Okay, uh, um, it's actually not. I, I have to, to. I have to clarify that a bit and say, okay, it's not the first time we've seen, uh, you know, a, a movie or a TV show without the the, the traditional main Star Wars characters because we've had like the Ewok droids and Ewoks mm-hmm. TV series, etc. But essentially, it's the first time we've seen, you know, Star Wars without, you know, Luke or Obi Wan or anyone of that sort uh, right. on screen. Um, you know, uh, there there wasn't any of that. Um, I mean, there was a brief brief clip of Obi Wan as you've seen in the trailers, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the episode it, it's a great story. It, it's it starts off with it kind of um, sets up everything because the pilot and how everybody comes together, much like the Clone Wars movie did. Um, and I was I was a little bit worried early on um because there was a couple lines that were there was one line in particular basically was slightly modified that was repeated multiple times so much so i got a little bit and it was it was a little bit um a little bit kitty a little bit uh and repeated a little few too many times um but after that it, it the dialogue was fantastic everything it, it wasn't kitty anymore it was actually in many mm-hmm. times uh, kind of dark uh, much like the Clone Wars was at the end, because you know this is this is when the Empire is, is in control of the galaxy, and you know uh, the uh, whole galaxy is being uh, oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, Blue oppression. Yeah. <laughs> I think with when you've got Dave coming from the Clone Wars, and then you've also brought in Greg Weissman, who has the Gargoyles experience, it is going to be that kind of dark because it's that that that's both of the how they where they started from. Right. So I don't think they're going to go kitty with it. No, no, not at all. So I want to throw this out there. And this is stuff that's in the trailers. But a lot of the trailers had this started playing up this kind of Jedi Padawan type relationship between Ezra and uh, Kanan, uh, who's huh, sorry, Kanan, Kanan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Too much Stargate. <laughs> anyway, Kanan, who is, you know, the Jedi with the lightsaber we've seen in the trailers and such. I want Kanan dead by the end of the first season. I think that would make. Whoa. Yeah, no. Well, okay. So let me so let me explain. So this is Okay, explain. This is the dark time between episodes three and four. The Jedi are gone. This is keep in mind when you know when Han Solo is asked about the Jedi in episode four, he blows them off like they're a legend, like they don't exist. Presumably Palpatine is kind of spreading as many rumors as he can about how the Jedi were fakes and things like that. But I how great would the like and maybe even the first episode, I don't know. But like, you know, we were already like they're teasing this budding relationship between Jedi and uh, Ezra, or say Kanan and, and his Padawan-ish Ezra. But this is a time where if you're a Force user, you hide that. You don't want anyone knowing that. Kanan mm-hmm. is obviously do kind of being more vocal for, uh, sorry, more open in some respects, and that mm-hmm. he's actually using his lightsaber. I'm assuming you know that will be explained. I want him dead. Yeah. I I want because how what better way? Like you're building up Ezra as this kind of young impressionable character who is. Uh, been, you know, experienced by, or who is, you know, growing up during this time. He's kind of the uh, optimistic young uh, character of the show. 
you know, he's he's the viewer. Like, yeah, rebels, we're gonna beat mm-hmm. the empire. And he's right. got these guys, Jedi Master. Like, imagine if Episode Four. I was gonna say Episode Four ended with Obi Wan dying, but I realized that's a bad example. <laughs> imagine if Obi Wan gets killed on like Tatooine in front of Luke, just as Luke is beginning to like feel like, yeah, maybe there's hope for this galaxy. Done. Gone. Well, you could equate like season one to the first episode, you know, uh, of, of a trilogy, maybe. Um, uh, and you know, well, even in even in the Phantom Menace, Qui Gon dies at the beginning. So there certainly be parallels to the other to the other trilogies for certain. Um, interesting idea. I'm not sure I'd like that, but Tom. Well, I I think a a big thing still for me, and I really love how we're getting into this whole Star Wars universe building almost from scratch. But there's going to be a lot of explaining away that they're going to have to try and figure out to get rebels to mesh with a new hope going forward. Because you, because it's true. Something has to happen to Kanan because you know that he's not there for a new hope. Yeah. And I, I think that would really sell episode four, that feeling of desolation and, and why the rebel Alliance is so important. You know, I'm mm-hmm. kind of, you know, broad pictures. I'm kind of imagining that the first season is really about selling how terrible the empire is. And you do mm-hmm. that by having this hopeful character who's beaten down, you know, this crew that bet- maybe some betrayals within, you know, or ha- are having trouble really dealing with just this one little system. And then you bring in episodes two and three, which is, you know, about building up the Rebel Alliance, building up that hope. So when we get to episode four, you begin to understand why Luke, you know, this farmer in the, at the edge of the galaxy is playing and imagining or playing with, you know, his T-16 and imagining about the Rebel Alliance and the Empire, mm. you know. The, the period between is about the crushing of hope, and this should, I think Rebels should start with that, seeing the last hope crushed. Let's mm-hmm. feel the desolation, so then we can like get excited and really start to feel like Rebels as the show continues. Interesting. Well, there was, sorry, sorry one, but there was one thing that I do remember in the extended, in one of the clips. You have Obi-Wan, and to me it was kind of like, it, it was a bad way, to, but he said there will be, a, there is a new hope. He says a new hope. Right. And it's like, okay, I, I appreciate it being there, but it seemed like for me, it was almost like you're hitting me over the head with a baseball bat that you're announcing that there is hope, a new hope coming in the future. But I agree with you, Steven. I want to see it start kind of being crushed before that gets there. I would say watch the premiere because they do a good job of, of setting all of this up. Um, okay. So, yeah. So is that you confirming that at the end of the premiere, every character we've learned about is dead? Everyone dies. Actually, the the entire season, the entire series is just the premiere. That's it. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, and then the next, and then season two be. is like Game of Rebels. It's just Game of Thrones <laughs> with <laughs> characters. No. I'd be okay. With that. <laughs> um, but no, uh, you mentioned um, the use of the lightsaber, and I actually wanted to bring that up because mm. there, there are two aspects that I noticed about the lightsaber in um, in Star Wars Rebels. The first is that it's used very sparingly. Uh, and they've said this in interviews too, as well. They they want to use the lightsaber uh, very sparingly because they're supposed to be in hiding and they don't want to announce their presence. Um, so that's very important. So would you then? So like it's showing up a lot in a lot of the trailers. Are you? Are the trailers uh, showing the lightsaber more often than they actually it would actually appear like in a regular episode? Like, I mean, so that are the trailers kind of misrepresenting how often we'll see the lightsaber or? Um. Not in a bad way. Possibly, obviously. possibly. Right. I mean, okay. you obviously, you want to have action in right in the trailer, so you're gonna see it. But yeah, I think I think they use it the right amount in the premiere. I'll say that. Say okay. that. Um, mm-hmm. When they used it, it was very special. And I'll be honest, 
I got chills whenever a lightsaber was ignited in Rebels. It was like, because it, it, it was that important. It was like, wow, they just ignited a lightsaber, which you don't usually get, you know? And so I thought they did a really good job. I, I, I actually got chills when, when each time the lightsaber was ignited. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes me think, I, I think that's a good thing. That kind of reminds yeah. me of episode four where this lightsaber, it's a very rare and antique weapon and when mm-hmm. Obi-Wan pulls it out or when Luke pulls it out, you know things are serious. Exactly. That's right. exactly. And, and in many ways, this is a lot like A New Hope um, and, and, and the rest of the original trilogy. Um, before I touch on that, I did want to mention the other aspect of the lightsaber. And that's the, the design of it. Um, there's, there's one point when, uh, when, you know, when, the light first, when the lightsaber is ignited um, and it's being held very still. And yet the blade is wiggling back and forth. Um, but that's because they use the exact same technique. Uh, or Joel Aaron recreated the the classic lightsaber technique from the original trilogy, the special effect. Got where mm-hmm. um, the blade isn't quite straight, right? It, it, it wiggles a lot because the special right. effects weren't perfect. And right. because because the way the, the mechanics uh, were. Um, so even though the blade is completely still... It's it's moving back and forth like the animation isn't quite right and it, it's fantastic. It looks exactly like the lightsabers in the original trilogy. So they're really trying to separate themselves from the Clone Wars in this series, from the sound of it. Right. Yeah. Like in the in the Clone Wars, you know, the light the lightsaber is uh, you know very very pointy, stationary, very stationary. Yes. Um, you know, whereas in Rebels, um, it looks exactly like the OT, and it's 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 fan, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, even the animation just in the trailers you can see is very different. Mm-hmm. Rebels had a very right. pose-to-pose sort of effect where, you know, everyone, like, you know, you'd be in your, like, uh, action pose, and as you, would, like, would sweep your lightsaber into attack, you'd have a quick blur of animation, then you'd be at the end pose. Whereas Rebels, mm-hmm. at least from the from the from what I've seen so far, looks much more flowy. It's a little more, uh, not quite as, not uh, hard, but it's much more smoothed out overall. Exactly, yeah. And, and just the design in general, it's, um, you know, it's it, I'd say it's even smoother than um, than the Clone Wars. Um, it, it looks very very hand drawn and kind of, kind of Macquarie like. Um, well, there are still a number of you can you can see the animation influences direct. It comes directly from the Clone Wars, right? Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like the way things are animated, but the the mouth movements are better. The 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 visual aesthetic is, is fantastic. Um, and the, it's just a lot of a lot of little touches. Great animation. Um, everywhere and and you know you have all these original trilogy um vehicles and uh scenes and you know, you've got stormtroopers running around and tie fighters and star destroyers and all these things that really we haven't seen a ton we've seen variations of it you know old, uh, older versions in the clone wars but um it, it is cool to see the empire back in, in a tv series the big thing I think you touched on is the Ralph McQuarrie design, because even if you take a look at the C-3PO compared to what he was in the Clone Wars, he looks more, he's still still three, still 3PO, but he does have that more Ralph McQuarrie design to him. And aren't they also, did I see through Comic-Con for a um, action figure release, they called out one of his uh, uh, concepts and they put it in action figure form. So I imagine that's going to be in Rebels. I can't remember offhand, I think it was a bounty hunter. Or some kind of droid or something that was a direct Macquarie concept yeah. that they lifted straight. So, and it also going forward into yeah. Episode Seven, Ralph McQuarrie is playing a big, big influence on that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and some of the other things I noticed that the footsteps seem to carry a lot more weight 
to them. Uh, the characters seem to have a uh, the weighting seem to be a lot better. The gravity in mm-hmm. in the series, whereas sometimes in the Clone Wars, like people would look like they were almost kind of running on air in some ways. You know? Yeah. Um, you know this one, you about. could feel every step when they walked or when they ran. Mm-hmm. Um, there was plenty of humor, even while it was dark. It was a lot of humor, which was fantastic. Uh, I loved all of the characters. It's actually hard to pick my favorite character because um, each one is is very different. They, there are parallels to like the original trilogy, but they're not replicas at all, and they're each distinct. And um, and yeah, it's it's hard to pick a favorite. I mean, they're all they're all really really cool characters. So 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 far out of what you've seen, you don't see the one breakout character like when it came to the Clone Wars. I think that breakout character was Ahsoka. Are you saying that this team is going to be the whole team is possibly the breakout? I think so. I mean, there were times where I go back and forth with my favorite character. I, I I'd be in one part of the episode like, yes, that's awesome. I think that's my new favorite character. And then two minutes later, be like, no, this was my favorite character now, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. Yeah, just from the trailers, I'm getting a feeling that Chopper is going to be one of those breakout characters. Um, kind of that same, in the same sort of way that R2 is, you know, kind of a snippy, not snippy, that's a bad word. That's a, a mm-hmm. so word. <laughs> um, but, you know, that kind of attitude-filled droid that does more than they really should or more human than most other droids. Uh, just from watching the trailer, I'm getting that sense that he he sells that part really well. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, I mean, Zeb in particular sticks out as one of these characters who is, who is very interesting. Um, I, I really liked a lot of his scenes as well, uh, but they're all they're all fantastic, and it's it's hard to pick. So mm-hmm. um, now I should go into spoilers, but <laughs> trying to trying to stay as you know, high I, level I, as possible on all these. So yeah, I mean, there's a part of me. It's like I I think it's great you went down there and you experienced this. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that was just, that was the best thing for you to do. But there's still a part of me. It's just like I don't want to know spoilers. No, you don't. You don't. You do not want to know spoilers. Um, I'm glad I went in without any spoilers. Um, I didn't, you know, not even having read, you know, A New Dawn, because I knew nothing about these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, they primarily focus on, you know, Kanan and Ezra in the premiere. Um, but I think they, they, they give a lot of detail on all the characters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm just, I'm very, very excited about this series. And I think they're, they've got something really special. Very cool. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's, that's about it, at least for the, the premiere, um, you know, afterwards, um, they, they do normally, normally do uh, a Q and a after the fact with the cast. That's and one crew. thing I was going to ask you, any Q and a, uh, no, they didn't. So it went, it went to black. They played, uh, and then they played that extended, I'm oh, sorry, the, the look ahead trailer. Um, mm. and they're like, okay, everybody, thanks for coming out. This was fantastic. Uh, you know, thank you for your support. And that was about it. Um, and of course, you know, we everybody kind of walked as we were walking out of the theater. Everybody talked a lot um, with you know uh, friends there, and they gave everybody. Um, I think back, oh, probably was it last last Comic Con. Uh, they they gave out those posters from mm-hmm. from Rebels. They sent to mm-hmm. a, a number of sites. They gave everyone one of those packets with the posters. Um, the uh, the you know, the Imperial Security um, Bureau. Uh, oh, it was the Compnor, uh, the Compnor packet with all nice. of the stuff in there. Um, nice. That's out October 2014. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. that, that's the other thing I didn't want to forget. Um, in the episode, uh, you know, because we had the Legends line now, um, every time I would hear something from the EU referenced in in the in the episode, I'd be like, "Yes, it's canon now!" You know, I, I got mm-hmm. so excited 
uh, on all the, about all these things. Um, you know, like there was there was a, just a, a passing reference. It's not that important. But it was a passing reference to the Imperial Security Bureau, the ISB, and I was like, yes, it's canon. You know, it's <laughs> it, it, it's it's funny, but it, it, it's cool. And you know, they're definitely pulling from the expanded universe still. Any emperor's hands mentioned, perhaps? No. <laughs> no. It was no. worth a try. Yeah. But it's just a, just the premiere. I mean, yeah, they're no, setting up a whole world at this point. I didn't actually expect it. Right. Yeah. No. And yeah, coming so, October uh, 2014. Yeah, just just 2 months away. Um two and a half and uh, I'm I cannot wait for that for the rest I, of this. I I just have a really quick question and they probably didn't address it. Did they say how many episodes? No, or is that not still in the dark? Still in the dark. All the uh, premiere date, number of episodes, all that's still top secret at this point. Fascinating. Yeah. I have never heard never heard of a series. I mean, it, put it this way. The way episode seven is going, it does not surprise me. doesn't surprise me that all the stuff is on lockdown, and I have no problem with it. I want to enjoy this, and I'm staying away from spoilers, rumors, all that stuff, because I want to enjoy this firsthand, just like the original a new hope yeah i agree although i'm not i'm not as surprised that we haven't gotten those sorts of details yet i mean when you think about it like william said we're still two and a half months out having correct a, you know the premiere air this far in advance even though it's still in you know an unfinished state or correct finished mm-hmm. state i feel like this is really far to show off episodes that aren't going to be airing for a while yeah especially because like um, with the clone wars you know they were basically starting to write the episodes three years in advance mm-hmm. uh and with this series i mean the 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 cast said, oh, we've been working on this for a year. You know, that's not a long time at that's all. That's a quick turnaround. You know, it, they could have started working on it before Disney bought Lucasfilm. So, um, you know, we're looking at year and a half, basically. The series has been in development, year, year and a half, mm-hmm. uh, year and a half. And so, um, you know, they're, they're definitely not as, as working as far ahead as they were with the Clone Wars. Uh, and so schedules are right. a lot better. And I wouldn't be surprised if this season is shorter because of that. Um, maybe I don't know if they just plan on a, a short first season, maybe, and then a longer second season, or just shorter seasons in general. But you know what? I'm okay with shorter seasons because they're going to be mm-hmm. telling continuous stories. They're not jumping around. And sometimes a, a, a series that's uh, you know that, that goes with shorter seasons over longer ones actually has a better story as the as a result because they can um, they can you know strip out all the fluff basically and get right to the point. Right. And we could could see something where they air like the first ten episodes, you know, in a row from the season mm-hmm. premiere, and then go on like you know a two or three month break, not unheard yeah. of uh, for shows that are kind of in production while they work on the second half. It wouldn't be the first time that a television show has done that, at least. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I'd have no problem with that at all. I mean, I I think I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again: as long as the story is good, just bring it on. Period. It exactly. has to be a good story. And the story is good. <laughs> Kill Kane and uh, <laughs> we'll thing. see what happens. It's, we'll not, see what it's, happens. Not, it's not when is Ahsoka gonna die, it's when is Canon gonna die. <laughs> yeah, but Ahsoka dying was you know, people wanting to torture Dave Filoni and torture little kids. No, this is just I think it would make for a great show. <laughs> uh man, I cannot wait to discuss it with you because <laughs> um Yeah. Some of the things you said are like if you only if you only knew, you might have a different opinion. Kane dies opinion? in the first five minutes of the show. Is that what you're trying to tell me? It's all a big, it's, it's <laughs> a big joke. You know, they hire the big name actor. Kanan doesn't actually exist. No I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> so no this, is, this is the Seventh Sense. No. <laughs> directed by M Night Shyamalan. 
anyway, um, and yeah, so definitely check out the the trailers that were released at Comic Con. We already mentioned the extended trailer, the look ahead trailer. Uh, there's also two clips from the series, both of which are not in the premiere. There's the the one of uh, of Ezra um, uh, on Lothal, and there's also a clip of uh, Kanan fighting the Inquisitor. And oh, does that guy have a cool lightsaber or what? Uh, yeah. It's very Darth Maul esque in terms of its uniqueness. Uh, I have to say, I I like in that trailer how he sits there and he first he spins it with his hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and then I will say this, and I'm not going to give it away for people who have not seen the trailer, but he spins it with his hands, and then the second time you see it spin, I loved it. I actually <laughs> I loved when I saw that. The, saw it spin lazy. the second time. He got lazy. He got very lazy, very lazy, and it actually was spoiled by the toy. If you think about it, because the toy that came out showed exactly how that inquisitor used his lightsaber. Interesting. I didn't, I, yes. So you should check it out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, everybody, Star Wars Rebels coming October 2014 to Disney XD. Oh, and I do want to thank my friend Rick for because I was not on the show floor uh, for most of the day uh, for picking me up a copy of A New Dawn for me. So we will be reading and reviewing that as well, uh, mm. passing it around to my fellow co-hosts when I'm done with it. Um, well, so- I've got mine ordered. <laughs> mine, mine's already ordered. Yeah, September, early September, September second, yep. fourth, something like that. I forget the exact date. Sure, why not? So yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, Should we uh, it. head out? Yeah, thank you for listening. Yep. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, folks. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or their respective trademark or copyrights. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2014.